We're thinking about their hormones and how is their hormones balanced and unbalanced? What's going on with their thyroid? What's going on with their digestive system? What's going on with their nutritional status? What's their iron like? Feeling overwhelmed? If that's a yes, then keep listening as Dr. Elizabeth Boham breaks it all down in her discussion with Dr. Mark Hyman on The Doctor's Pharmacy. Get to the root cause of female hair loss and hair thinning, how to stop and reverse the symptoms, why your diet could be a culprit, and what Dr. Hyman refers to as the other pandemic we're facing as women today. It's Tracy. Thanks for being here. And welcome to another replay of the day on this episode of Invisible You, a podcast for women over 40 living courageously. Another missing piece of the feeling fucked up after 40 puzzle, our hair. Because we care about our hair and take notice when it starts to thin, break, or disappear. Freaking out, thinking it will no longer be there. And since I've had that very real scare, admitting with shame that at one point it became my only care. The conversation you're about to hear just might blow your ears. Because it's less what we put on our hair and more about what interferes with the inner workings of what's inside us here that makes the difference of whether or not we can make it reappear. A little hair homage to women of the world everywhere. Because it's a hot topic of transition for many of us in, well, transition, which is one of the reasons for our latest podcast episode with Drs. Hyman and Bohem from the Doctors Pharmacy podcast, where they talk all about, you guessed it, our hair up there. And since we typically only hear one side of the hairy story, I wanted to share perspective based on the reflection we see in the mirror, and that it's not necessarily our predetermined genetic journey, but our choices that lead to the point of hair despair. Obviously, things change as we age, and by things, I mean us, and by us, I mean me. (laughs) My mind, my body, no surprise there. But it's not just from an ever-increasing number of candles on my gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, organic birthday cake blessed by monks on the Himalayan mountaintops. As you'll hear, it's also the health and vitality of what those candles represent and whether or not we keep them burning long and bright or, as I've experienced, dim and rarely lit. Hair loss, thinning, breakage, dulling, it's all a thing. At least... It's been my thing, a big thing, actually, a really very big thing, a thought to end it all and start from scratch, Sinead O'Connor kind of thing, or spend an entire paycheck and put off paying my bills because it was my obvious lack of expensive hair products and experimental beauty treatments that caused the apparent malfunction of my mane kind of thing. Bad hair day, bad day. Good hair day, good day. So... Yeah, I literally just boiled my life down to the whim of my hair. (laughs) You ever been there? Or is that just me? Well, maybe I am that special snowflake I always knew I should be. Or maybe, probably, 
I'm part of the herd mentality, in which case, forgive the inquiry, but do sheep even have bad hair days? And how is it that my entire mood and therefore my whole day can be affected by the triumph of my tresses? What makes it so tied to who I am, my identity, how I think and feel about myself? Honestly, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, I do know. Because in the words of Carly Simon, you're so vain, so vain. And if you've never had the absolute and total pleasure of being at the mercy of your own mutinous strands of mayhem, then I don't even know what to say except consider yourself blessed, I guess. And in the oh-so-compassionate words of my daughter, you're dead to me. Because my hair has been a source of pride, indifference, and unbelievable hate, with a side of utter disgust. This crazy brown mass coming from above has the ability to see my spirit soar or bring them to shit. I've cursed it, I've yanked it in frustration and desperation and shed a thunderstorm of tears over it. And that was just yesterday. I'm kidding. Actually, it was this morning. But it wasn't a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away that my hair goals soon became my unfulfilled hair wishes, hopes, and dreams. No, it was here on planet Earth only a few short years ago. And of course, because it's all connected, my skin wasn't far behind. I mean, was this it? Was I just way over mileage on this 1974 Model T body? T is for Tracy, by the way, just in case you missed that. Too much wear and tear to keep the motor running? Ready to scrap myself for a few spare parts. But wait, there's hope. Oh, happy days. For a small, large fee, the billion-dollar beauty industry of my dreams might have the answer to reversing the tick-tock of my aging clock. Go, follow the yellow brick road to the bright lights of the dazzling beauty counter sites, cheerful places with smiling faces offering up the secret brew to a more glowing and youthful you. Okay, so is this all really true? Well, unfortunately, fortunately, I've seen the man behind the curtain, and he ain't pretty. That's just the reality of the beauty industry fantasy. And unless your name is Doc Brown, and you own a time-traveling DeLorean, there's no turning back the liver-spotted hands of your own clock. So, I don't defy my age. I embrace it and work with it. I face it head on with courage, excitement, and exploration. That's right. I own my age. Okay, yeah, no, not really. (laughs) I'm starting to make even myself sick here because I'm definitely still trying to defy, turn my back on, give the finger to, and basically push back with every ounce of my own strength. And that's just a start. Obviously, my name is Tracy, and I have a problem. So what I'm trying to say is... Do as I say, not as I do, nor not, just do you. And as previously alluded to, not all signs of aging are, well, signs of aging. Remember, just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. What might seem like a symptom of getting older could actually be the check engine light of ill health. And what we take for granted as something that comes with the start of a few gray hairs might also be years of warning lights and red flags that went previously ignored. So before throwing in the towel 
and offering up your firstborn to the cosmetic beauty gods, look into a few of the tips and suggestions offered in the upcoming discussion. Diet, exercise, toxins, testing, because you can't manage what you don't measure. And these are all important parts of our pretty picture, but it is just a part of the picture. Connection, relationships, purpose, and spirituality are also a few of the missing pieces. So definitely listen in, enjoy, and learn while being mindfully aware that there's always more of the puzzle to explore. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's really important to get a good history from our patients, to get a good timeline. You know, that's what we always focus on with functional medicine is really getting their full story. When did this start? How long has it been going on? What kind of patterns have you seen? You know, and then really looking at what else is going on in the body. You know, what is their diet like? Um, How is their digestive system working? How are they digesting and absorbing? Is there concerns that there may be issues with digestion and absorption? Mm. Um, And is there other signs of inflammation going on in their body? Do they have, if it's signs of autoimmunity, then there's a whole cascade of things you're looking at. You know, you're, you're questioning the microbiome, you're questioning intestinal permeability, you're questioning exposure to certain toxins and chemicals from the environment that can be triggers. And these can be triggers for all autoimmune disease. Absolutely. And you know, you're depending on you, your genetics, whatever, you might get one autoimmune disease and somebody else might get a different one from the same causes. Yes. Yes. Right. You know, um, right. There's always that, that triad of autoimmunity we're paying attention to. Are you genetically predisposed Do you have increased intestinal permeability or leaky gut? And has there been some trigger that may have triggered this autoimmune process to occur? So, you know, that's not as common as what we see all the time. You know, we're seeing what we're most commonly seeing is, you know, that diffuse hair loss where people are coming in and they're, they're, uh, or, or male pattern hair loss in women. We see that a lot too. And we'll review, uh, review some case on that as well. Um, And, and those are things we can really do a lot to improve. Mm pretty quickly. So, so when you, when you see someone come in with like, let's say, let's just take a woman, for example, which is you know, often more common to see hair issues than other than male pattern baldness. Um, you know, what, is, what is the list that goes through your head from a functional medicine perspective of things that you need to think about? Like what is mm-hmm. the diagnostic list and how would we approach these patients differently than just saying, take Rogaine or, you know, good luck or get a hair <laughs> transplant or I'm you thinking know, about steroids. their hormones, right? Right. We're thinking about their hormones and how is their hormones balanced or unbalanced? What's going on with their thyroid? Um, what's going on with their digestion, digestive system? What's going on with their nutritional status? You know, where's what's their iron like? We're wondering about levels iron of deficiency, iron. Yeah. yeah, iron deficiency, which is really common. Um, you know, we're worried about uh, uh, issues with gluten. So sometimes, you know, anything and then other inflammatory foods that can cause inflammation and impact digestion and absorption. We see that pretty frequently, actually. Mm. Um, so there's so many so many aspects that we're looking at. Yeah, we're taking digestion, really good- absorption, low protein intake yep. often. Yes. If you're vegan, sometimes this can be an issue over time. And you mentioned hormones. I want to loop back to that. So we've got, you know, we've got thyroid, you mentioned, you mentioned hormones, you mentioned the gut, you mentioned gluten, you mentioned inflammatory foods, you mentioned nutritional levels like iron, and there's other things like biotin that may be relevant. Let's go back to the hormones because the the it, this is I think probably one of the biggest drivers, mm-hmm. uh, in, particularly in women. And, and to talk about the main hormonal changes, let's get to thyroid in a minute. But let's let's start with the other major hormonal changes you see. What's driving it? 
I mean, one of the most common reasons that women have hair loss that's hormonally related with in terms of their female hormones is when they develop this process of polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS and insulin resistance because their hormones shift in their body and they start to have higher levels of testosterone and DHEA. And so then their hair starts to change. They'll notice that they may have a receding hairline. They'll notice some thinning on the top of their head. They also may notice that they're, that they're growing hair in places that they don't want to, right? On their chin, on their belly, their, their normal um, fine hair on their chin and belly is starting to get darker and um, harder. And they, you know, so that, so that can be a sign. go bald and grow a beard. It's just no fun. It's terrible. It's no fun. It's terrible. You get it in the places you don't want it and you lose it in the place you want it. Yeah, and, it's no and, fun. And, and, and so what you're saying is that this thing of insulin resistance, and we'll get to about what's causing that in a minute, causes your testosterone to go up if you're a woman and your mm-hmm. DHEA, which is another hormone that's like an androgenic or male-like hormone that actually causes hair loss. So what, yep. So this isn't really a hormonal ovarian problem per se, right? It's not like a- right. It's not like a sex hormone problem, although it, it becomes that, right? Mm-hmm. It's, we call it polycystic ovarian syndrome, but it's really a dietary problem. Right, because it's driven by insulin resistance. It's driven by that high level of insulin that occurs when we're, when we're eating the wrong foods, when we're eating that really processed, refined carbohydrate diet, when we're eating a lot of high sugar foods. Um, there are also some toxins that are associated with insulin uh-huh. resistance, like uh-huh. BPA, mm. certain pesticides. Yes. Um, so changes in the microbiome have been associated with insulin resistance, yes, yes. which is, which is fascinating, yeah. but a very common reason in this country is, is the poor diet. So the sugar and the starch, which we eat about 152 pounds of sugar and 133 pounds of flour, which is almost a pound a day per person per year. If you're doing that and you have this belly fat. Mm-hmm. It's causing your insulin levels to go up, which then screws up your sex hormones. And leads to the hair loss. Right. And it causes this polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is this whole bunch of stuff going on where women will notice they lose, they're losing hair on the top of their head. They're growing hair where they don't want it. But it also they're, messes up their, their period. They'll, yeah. they'll notice their periods are all out of whack. They're uh, irregular. And then for some women, they have problems with fertility. Yes. And it's this cascade. Um, so the hair loss is telling us, you know, I mean, they may be most concerned about the hair loss, but there's all sorts of other issues that this can, that this can lead to. Your belly fat is basically health. causing you to lose the hair on your head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so this is fascinating. And I think that, that we really see a lot of this and it often can be reversed. And I, and I feel horrible when I, you know, it's, it's not hard to uh, see when you're trained, right? I see women who have little belly fat, hair is thinning, and I just want to go up to them and say, hey, just cut out the sugar and the starch, eat good fats, your hair will come back. But, I, you know, you can't go up and just do that to people. <laughs> uh, but it's like it uh, makes me so mad because I know how, how hard it is for people to suffer with hair loss. It's such a, it affects their self-esteem, yeah. affects their mood, their, their, their sense of well-being, uh, their attractiveness. And so I think it's a, it's a real issue for a lot of people. And I, yeah, I, and think, it's, I and think it's so fixable. And it's, it's often, the stage is often set when they're so young. Right. So, you know, we see this a lot when at a young age they're getting fed, you know, they're, they're, they're giving, being given food for whatever reason that's really refined and processed or too high in sugar. And then it just leads to this cascade that is, um, 
you know, hard in terms of, like you said, their self-esteem and their, you know, causes that the waking around the belly and the hair loss. And it can be, that stage can be set at such a young age, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and there's really a, you know, a way to diagnose it that we use in functional medicine because sometimes it's a little tricky to diagnose. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, they're not all following the same pattern. But if you do a glucose tolerance test measuring insulin, you can see high insulin levels. That's the most sensitive. Yes. You can look at testosterone, free testosterone, DHA, other things that we look at to help uh, something called DHT. So we look at yep. a very comprehensive hormone panel that looks at your risk of having this PCOS issue. We look at your FSH, LH, which are hormone levels from yep. your brain, and they can be altered. So we basically get a very different picture. And then we kind of dig into why is it your diet? Like you said, is it you know the BPA from all the plastics uh, we we consume? Is it is it gut issues? Yes. So there, there may be other factors that are driving it, but it's really important to sort of dig into that. And then it's easy to treat with diet and lifestyle, sometimes some supplements. Um, let's talk about thyroid because that's a that's a big mm. issue. We've covered thyroid before, but I, I would like, like really to, to sort of dive into uh, this issue because it's, it's often overlooked and it's often subtle and it's often yes. confused with just sort of aging or normal yeah. decline that we see in people. So how common is thyroid and, 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 and you know, how, how do we do uh, it differently in functional medicine and how is it related to hair loss? Yeah. You know, one of the most common signs of an underactive thyroid is shifts in your hair. Mm-hmm. So we see more thinning of the hair. Um, the hair can become more dry and brittle and, you know, the eyebrows can shift. So when, when you see that, that loss of the outer third of somebody's eyebrows, you're, you're thinking yes, thyroid. Right. Well, the last right? part of your eyebrow just kind of disappears. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, okay, the, I've got to really pay attention to this. I've got to look deeper at this person's thyroid. And like you said, it can be really subtle because sometimes if you just do a TSH for screening and you don't get a good enough detailed history, it, TSH might look fine, which is the thyroid stimulating hormone, which is the, you know, the standard screening test. Sometimes thyroid issues are missed. Mm. And so it, we often- Sometimes will, or- Often. <laughs> I mean, listen, it affects one in five women. <laughs> yes. And one in 10 men. Yes. And 50% are undiagnosed. Crazy. And of those who are diagnosed, I would say probably half of them are not adequately treated. Right. And so we're seeing a pandemic, honestly, yeah. of thyroid issues in this country. And, and the causes are many, right? It could be gluten. It could be environmental toxins. It could be genetics. There's a lot of factors nutritional deficiencies, vitamin D, selenium, so forth. But but we uh, but we know how to deal with these differently in functional medicine. We look at it differently. Yeah. Right? And so so if you go to your doctor and you get your TSH level, which is all they'll do, if it's quote normal, even if it's in the high normal range, they'll go, you're fine, nothing to do. Yeah. But it may cause a lot of really vague symptoms, including thinning of the hair, hair loss, cracked nails, dry nails, brittle nails, dry skin, constipation, fluid retention, muscle cramps, fatigue, morning tiredness, low sex drive, high cholesterol, you know, depression, cognitive function issues. I mean, you just go on and on and on. That was a good and, list. I, I mean, I, I mean and they're all and they're all like they're all like vague, subtle little things. And it's sort yes. of like the frog that gets put in cold water and you turn the heat up slowly and they boil to death because they just feel like they slowly kind of accumulate the heat. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening with thyroid. People just don't, it's not sort of obvious, right? It's not like you have an obvious not traumatic obvious. symptom. Right. And giving people the right treatment often can not only help their hair, but everything else. Yes. Uh, so so it's really important to get the right test, which now includes the thyroid 
TSH, but what other things will we look at? We'll look at the free T3. We'll look at the free T4. So the T4 is um, one thyroid hormone, but then your body has to convert it into T3, which is the active thyroid hormone. And um, and so we want to look and see how much T3 do you have? Are you making that conversion well? Because we know that when people have deficiencies in selenium, iodine, vitamin A, um, you know, just to name a few, that, D. that conversion won't yeah. happen appropriately. And then there's also genetic reasons why people don't make that conversion. So mm-hmm. their, their thyroid levels may, their T4 and their TSH may look okay, but that active form of thyroid may be they may be low. We look at thyroid antibodies too. Absolutely. So the doctors won't often look at thyroid antibodies until the TSH is high. Right. Which which is kind of late because I see kinda people backwards. with normal, normal levels of thyroid on the test, but their antibody levels are really high. I had a patient like that yesterday. Yep. And she had all these vague symptoms and the doctor's like, oh, you don't really need to treat it. I'm like, no, no, no. You are symptomatic because you're having an autoimmune disease against your thyroid. Yes. So, so in treating the thyroid, we sometimes use thyroid replacement, but we often look at what the cause is, right? Is it the gut? Yeah. Is it toxins? Is it heavy metals? Is it pesticides? Is it low levels of, you know, vitamin A, D, selenium, and iodine? Is it something right. else like gluten, which can cause autoimmune disease yes. for thyroid in many, many patients? So we do a really deep dive in functional medicine. And, and I've written a, bu- a little report called the Ultra Thyroid Solution years ago, probably still up to date, um, which, which looks at how we can actually deal with this differently. But it's so, it's so important to think not just, oh, it's normal. Because, because uh, you know, even, even our lab tests aren't showing us what's optimal, right? Yeah. You know, if you're two years old or 92 years old, it's kind of the same range, right? And, and, if, it's very and, 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 and even the traditional endocrinologists go, well, you know, we used to have a level of five being abnormal for TSH. Now it's three and a half. But what, what's really optimal? Is it one? Is it two? You know, is it point seven? I don't know. It's probably not three, right? And right. so how do we tweak everything to be ideal? And I think you can do that. And you sometimes don't need to give thyroid replacement. You can use other functional medicine approaches, but sometimes you do. And it can make a huge difference with hair loss. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about uh, another factor, which I, I think is so important, which is diet and hair loss. Mm. So you mentioned some nutritional deficiencies. We'll get to this. But let's talk about uh, diet and the role it plays uh, and, and some of the big triggers that you could be eating and also things you're not eating that you need that also could trigger hair loss. Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the biggest triggers is gluten. Mm. Um, gluten is, uh, can, can definitely be associated with hair loss, especially when people have uh, celiac disease or, or early celiac disease or a lot of inflammation because of the gluten that they're eating. You know, this is not everybody who's eating gluten, but for some people, it's it's resulting in them not having optimal digestion and absorption of their food. And so then then hair loss is just one of the side effects that we see. So it can be you have a full-on autoimmune disease like alopecia areata, yeah. which is hair loss everywhere, totalis. And that can be from gluten. It's causing autoimmune disease, yeah. one of the manifestations of celiac. But you don't actually have to have celiac in order to have this problem. You can have right. non-celiac gluten sensitivity and still have the hair loss. Absolutely. Um, and then the other thing we see is if you're, if, you're, if you're not eating enough protein, we often, or if you're not digesting and absorbing it well enough, which is actually mm, something I see probably more common, frequently, yeah. um, um, is that, that people might be eating enough, but they're just not absorbing it because of, uh, of an autoimmune disease in their stomach, parietal cell antibodies, or because they're, uh, they've got inflammation in their gut and that's, leaky gut. Yeah, that's resulting in their digestive enzymes not working well. 
Um, and, and, and so we, so in a sense, they have low protein levels in their body. When we check for amino acids, we see low amino acid levels. And, and so when somebody, what, that's probably one of the biggest benefits I see with hair is when I treat people with amino acids. Yeah. And then your regular so, doctor is not measuring your amino acid levels, right? right? We, we check that in functional medicine here at the Ultra Wellness Center. It's not a test you're going to get at your regular doctor, but I, I do see that and I see low yeah. amino acids. And like you said, it's yes. either they're not eating adequate protein or more likely they're not absorbing and digesting it very well very because well. their gut's a mess. Yeah. And, and, and so for those people, when we give them amino acids, like a complex or sometimes specific amino acids, and you give them between meals, I see huge benefits for their hair. Like that's where they go, oh my gosh, my hair is so much better because um because because of those amino acids absolutely uh, absolutely and there are other nutrients that are also important mm -hmm. uh, one of them is biotin yes uh, which is produced by bacteria in your gut so if you're an unhealthy mm -hmm. gut you might not be getting adequate levels but that that can also be helpful right yeah when biotin is low a lot of times people will see that their their hair is breaking or they also notice their nails are breaking because it's it, it's more they're more fragile or or dry in a sense and biotin uh, is can be that's why biotin is helpful for some people with mm. with problems with their hair. Absolutely, and and I think you you mentioned a few other things that are really important to check for people that often are not checked, right? Like mm -hmm. your iron status, your ferritin level, uh, is very yeah. very important. Because that, that, that particularly menstruating women uh, or people have gut issues. If you have gluten issues, you may not absorb iron, yep. and that can also be an issue, right? So I hope you enjoyed what you just heard. And if you'd like to go deeper down the rabbit hole, check out the full episode, Getting to the Root Cause of Male and Female Hair Loss, a functional medicine approach with Dr. Elizabeth Boham and Dr. Mark Hyman on The Doctor's Pharmacy. Find links to that and both their social media in the show notes below. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share with someone you think might benefit. And until next time, Thanks for listening.